0: Uh, Colossians three twenty one. We do want to look at this one verse today. It's uh, in context with what we've been looking at in Ephesians. But in verse twenty, Paul writes, "Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord." Read verse twenty one. Let's stand for the reading of God's word out of respect for Him and His holy word. Colossians 321, let's read this one verse together, ready? Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Father, Lord, you pray that you bless your word. We thank you for being uh, the great example of our Heavenly Father, how we can pattern our, uh, our lives as parents to follow your example, your leading. What we know of fathers does not come from a human, but comes from God, it comes from you. You are the divine example uh, that we might build our lives upon to observe, to learn, to grow, to implement in our lives. Your character, as we die to the flesh and we yield to your spirit. We do pray that you would bless the message today as we learn that we need to not discourage. We need to not tear down We need to be careful and take heed to ourselves because in our flesh we will hurt our families. That's why we need your help, God. And so help us to rather lift our children, to love them, but also to lift them, to lead them, but also to lift them. I pray that you bless all that is said and done here in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. By lifting our children, I mean to build them up through wise encouragement, a wise encouragement. Fathers in this verse, 21, is the Greek word pateros, which actually can refer to both mother and father. And it's translated actually in Hebrews eleven twenty-three. if you wanna see this, it's translated parents. The same word is found in Hebrews eleven twenty three 23, and it's translated parents. So it is an interchangeable word. It could mean parents. It just was translated fathers in this passage. So uh, he says, Fathers, provoke not, provoke not your children to anger. Now, we saw in verse 20 that children are supposed to obey their parents. Uh, and, and we don't disagree with that, right, parents? children obey your parents and Ephesians chapter 6 as well Ephesians 6 1 children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right it's well pleasing as he says here in Colossians it's pleasing to the Lord but then in both Ephesians and Colossians he has a command to fathers he says don't provoke them to wrath don't provoke them to anger as he says here in Colossians then he gives this, this reason, he says lest, lest, because of your provoking to anger and wrath, lest they be discouraged. A lot of discouraged children in this world. And I'm not talking about children under the age of 18, I'm talking about adult children that grew up without the proper home, without proper parenting. And sad to say, when you have not seen it modeled, it's hard to do this, the right thing in the next generation because you don't know how to be the right parent. You don't know anything other than what you saw modeled for you all the years of your upbringing. The hurt is still there. The pain is still there. And although the desire might be to be a better parent, sometimes we don't have the the training. We don't have the equipping that we need. And there hasn't been enough healing in our life. Now, instead of looking at ourselves as a victim and excusing our behavior and excusing our lack of uh, compassion and love for our children, let us grow and learn and say that God although I went through all of those things, God, you can heal my life. You can take me, and you can help me to be a better parent. And even to love my parents, and to have some empathy. Sometimes we, we want to blame our parents that we have children. We say, well, I, I kind of understand what they were going through. But how do we discourage our children? I've got several things listed here, but number one is neglect. We can neglect our children. Mom and dad, your job is to parent your children, not to allow other people to parent your children. It is not your job, and I understand when we're talking about neglect, you might be thinking, well, not being at home, being a deadbeat, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is allowing the school to take the responsibility for parenting, allowing the Sunday school and the pastor and the church, it's their job to do what I'm not doing. Or sometimes we, when we have children, uh, you raise the first one, the first two, the first three, you spend all of your energy on those three because they were so hard-headed and they were so difficult that you're too worn out to raise the rest. I've seen that pattern a few times, actually a lot of times in homes, where the, the baby of the family gets spoiled rotten And they're not trained in the way that the first two or three. And don't be surprised if they don't turn out the same way that the others do. It is your job, not anybody else's job, to parent those children. And by God's grace, you can do with the younger what you did with the older. And you should do with the younger what you did with the older. It is not your older children's job to raise the younger children. I understand they can help and assist, but ultimately you, parents, are responsible for your children. We can neglect them. We can discourage them by neglecting them. Uh, Number two, we can discourage them by being cruel in our punishment. There's a big difference between a spanking and a beating. Spanking is commanded in the scriptures is a tool used for breaking a rebellious will. It is not to be used for venting anger and frustration. In Psalm 23, verses 1-4, through 4, uh, I love Psalm 23, but, Paul, uh, but David says, "'The Lord is my shepherd, I shall..." You can read it, or you can quote it with me. "'The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want.'" they go together part of the discipline with our children is establishing boundaries we talked last week about uh, limiting loving limiting today lifting but limiting we need to establish rules and boundaries I know that we hate rules I was thinking about that all week how I'm I can't break the rules you know I, I wish I could go faster down the road here but I can't break the rules and we establish those boundaries, but that's good for our children boundaries are comforting uh, they're especially comforting to children who are trying to figure out the world and they're testing the limits. They're testing authority. And it's helpful to think of your parenting role as that of a shepherd. You're guiding your children. You're protecting them as you're leading them. Uh, a shepherd uses his staff to provide small corrections along the way. Somebody's not limiting themselves out there on the road. That staff allows the shepherd to keep his sheep on the right path, amen? And uh, that model applies to parenting as well. We're supposed to um, raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, We're supposed to to raise them to where we're guiding them and leading them. We're hedging up their way. We're giving them those boundaries. Kind of like playing with the bumpers and bowling, right? and uh i've always been tempted to do that, you know uh, as an adult. I want to still play with the bumpers because i 'm not that good, you know and I want to I win i want I want to get a high score in bowling, but those bumpers are there for our children right and you they, the when, how many of you ever bowled you ever gone bowling and you 've seen the bumpers, right? You know what I'm talking about, and they keep the bowling ball from going into the gutter and so you know those rules are there, and the consistent enforcing and guiding is there to keep our children on the right path. You can't just tell, and sometimes we think this, this is just how we are, uh, personality-wise. We think if we tell somebody not to do something, or we tell somebody to do something, that they're just going to do it or not do it. Trust, but verify, right? There's a need to say, I trust you to do this but we need to make sure that they follow through. And sometimes, sometimes when you tell somebody to do something, they may, not, they may not know how to do it. So you need to be there to guide them and lead them all along the way. Uh, you can't just tell a five-year-old to not sin and expect them from the age of five, six, seven, all the way up to the time they're out of your house to live a perfect and sinless life. You and I don't even do that. You and I struggle with our flesh. You and I, kind of like Paul, he says, I, the things I would not, those things I do. The things I, I, I want to do, I don't. Paul, probably one of the greatest Christians to ever live, struggled with his flesh. He wanted to do what's right, but he didn't every time. And you struggle with your flesh. I struggle with my flesh. And if you're a parent, you're going to struggle with your children's flesh too. That's why it's not easy being a parent. Amen? If you're a parent, look to the parent next to you and say, praise God. I'm here with you. I got you. I know what you're going through. I hear you. And so we need to not involve ourselves in cruel punishment. Think about your discipline style. Are you guiding and directing along the pathway or are you just neglecting and neglecting and then blowing up and dealing with your children in a wrong way? We need to provide that comfort and correction, but it takes time and intentionality. Rarely does a shepherd use his rod to correct Or protect his sheep it's not punishment out of anger it's protecting it's because that shepherd is concerned for the well-being of the sheep I don't know if you know much about sheep or animals but they don't really respond to being beat they don't respond the way you might think they should. They're gonna just do whatever you want. You're gonna destroy that animal's psychology. You're gonna destroy their psyche. You're gonna mess with their brain, their mind, their soul, if you would. They're gonna, you've seen animals, we've, we've seen animals that have been uh, in an abusive situation. They become timid, they're afraid of all human beings. They don't trust. And do you think that a child is that much different than an animal that has been abused? So spanking, here's my three C's that I came up with. I looked and I looked and tried to find uh, in the thesaurus a way to put this, but a spanking should be done confidentially. Don't discipline your children in public. That's not appropriate. Not only is it not appropriate, it's stupid. People are gonna call the police, Child Protective Services, whatever. They don't understand that you are trying to discipline your child and do it in the right way. And actually, you're well within the the limits of the law on that, you can spank your children legally, just can't abuse them, beat them. But don't be dumb about it, do it confidentially. It's good for your child. It's it's an important time for you to spend time, intentional time with your children to make sure that they understand what they did, why they did it. Sometimes we hear about a report maybe from school, oh, the child did this, that, and the other, and right away we jump to the conclusion, they're guilty. Sometimes the teacher didn't see everything. Sometimes they get blamed for somebody else's wrongdoing. Now, is it time then for us to say, ha ha, I got the teacher. We're gonna we're gonna take take this to the, the principal, we're gonna get her fired. Absolutely not. There's never any reason to undermine your teacher's authority in your child's eyes. That teacher is still that child's authority. They need to respect their authorities. When you are critical of their teachers, what are you doing? You are teaching that child to criticize authority. It's not healthy. It's not right. And so uh, we need to be confidential, and we need to be consistent. Number two, consistent. Don't just do it when you're angry. Don't just do it on Monday and not on Thursday. Don't just do it on Sunday because it's church and not on Monday when it's at home school confidential, number two, consistent, but also controlled, controlled. Don't do it when you're angry. You can discipline. You can be upset about what's going on. You can be angered in a sense. You can be frustrated with the situation and still deal with the problem, but you can't do it while you're frustrated. You need to wait. You need to cool off. You need to take some time to uh, process what's going on here and allow yourself to be in the right mindset, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, to deal with that situation. So just like the shepherd, the shepherd rarely uses his rod for uh, anything, uh, but if he does, he uses it to correct and protect his sheep. Number one, we don't need to discourage our children through neglect cruel punishment. Number three, constant criticism. Proverbs 18:21: "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof." Proverbs 25:11: "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver." As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Listen. Listen. Don't uh, just uh, continually criticize and say, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not where you ought to be for your age. You need to grow up. You know, you're going to say all kinds of things that in five, six, seven years you will absolutely regret. There's times where I get frustrated myself because my children aren't able to do certain things. And I wish they weren't in car seats. You know, that's inconvenient for me. So what? So what? There's gonna come a day where I'll wish they were still in car seats. I'll wish they weren't behind the wheel. I wish I was still in control of that situation. But you know, everything in its time. As they say, don't, you probably never heard this phrase before, it's an old one. Don't rush the washing machine. You ever heard that before? You ever tried to rush the washing machine? You know, it takes at least 30 minutes to really wash your clothes. You can't just go down there, take a load of laundry, throw it in the washing machine, let it fill up with water, and then say, why aren't my clothes clean? Pull them out and say, why aren't they why aren't they ready to wear? There's several. Cycles that the washing machine has to go through in order for it to be ready for you to uh, To wear those clothes right it has to process it has to go through all of that Don't rush the process Some of you are uh, maybe still yet children yourselves. There's probably uh, some here 15 16 17 18 years of age and You're saying I want to be out of the house. I want to be on my on my own I want to be able to drive. I want to be able to go to college. I want to be able to uh, live on my own Don't rush the process. Everything is beautiful in its time. God has you where you're at for this season for a specific reason. Stay in the season God has you in and stop being discontent. Your children need you when they're in the season they're in right now. They need you to be spirit-led and to love them and not be critical of them and not be uh, harsh with your words. Number four, uh, don't discourage your children by withholding approval and affection. You wonder why your children aren't affectionate towards you. It's because you're not affectionate towards them. You might say, I wish they would just be so happy when I come home. You know, they should be uh, getting me my iced tea and the newspaper and my slippers, and they, they don't care about me. How much time do you spend demonstrating affection to your children? We've had several generations of parents that just didn't tell their children they loved them. It's one thing to say it, it's another thing to mean it, but what I'm saying is, there's, some of you grew up with a home, you were never told that you were loved. But let's break that generational cycle. Let's say, I'm going to tell my children, I'm going to tell my grandchildren that I love them. Huh? You, 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 need, you need to hear that. You need to not withhold it from your children. You need to show that you approve them right where they're at, in the stage that they're at right now. Approve of where they're at not criticizing not being negative not withholding that some people say well I, my kids are uh, you know they, they they should be more like the other families in our church they should be more like the other kids in our school i wish they were athletic i wish they were uh, smart i wish they were this or that Maybe those thoughts go through our mind, but they should never escape our lips. Ask God to forgive you and say, God, thank you for giving me the kids I have because they are the right ones, and I love them, and they're exactly what you want them to be. And don't... Don't... uh, Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't think that somehow, you know, they have to be this way. You know, they have to be athletic. They have to be smart. God's going to take them and use them. If you, if you raise them right, God will use them to do exactly what he wants them to do, what he created them to do. And it's going to be far greater than anything you could ever imagine. Number five, don't discourage your children by uh, pushing for achievement. I've heard it said, um, and I meant to put down here where I got this from. I remember it was from a pastor, but there is a 0.0, a 0.0296% chance that your child will become a professional athlete. There's a 0.0086%, and these aren't just made up numbers. There's a 0.0086% chance that your child will become famous And some kids are saying, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> there's a hundred percent certainty that your child will stand before Jesus. Amen. Amen. All of us will stand before Jesus. Some of you think, oh, well, my child's gonna be, you know, star quarterback. Yeah, maybe of the J V high school team. We all have aspirations. We think our children are gonna be the greatest and best. You know, in some ways, I love homeschooling, but I've met a lot of disillusioned homeschooled children. I was the valedictorian. (laughs) What, yeah, one in your graduating class. Great job, congratulations. I was the the best in the debate team. (laughs) Like, you and your mom? I'm sorry, that's not very kind. But I think it's good in some sense for your children. If you homeschool them, great, praise God for that. It's probably the best option. Really, it's one of the best options. But it's important that you get them around other people that will challenge them a little bit and will uh, give them a little bit more perspective, okay? We all need perspective from time to time. We're always the best in our pond, but then you get to the lake. And then you get to the ocean, we're always the big fish in our pond, but um, you know, it's good to have perspective, it keeps us humble. So what are we teaching our children? We, we push them for achievement, we push them for being, uh, You know, it's good to want your children to achieve and to succeed. I think it's wrong to allow them to just be mediocre if they can do better for the Lord. My parents always told me, do your best for God. Do your best for God. Not for us, but do your best. It doesn't, you know, maybe your best is a B and somebody else's best is an A or a C, but do your best. Do your best. Uh, Don't discourage your children that way. Number six, uh, don't discourage your children by uh, failing to allow them to be childish. You might be saying, what are you talking about, Pastor? Allowing them to be childish? Don't allow them to be childish. They need to grow up. You know, I'm guilty of of even saying this to my children. I need you to grow up. I need you to grow up. Again, don't rush the washing machine. Let them be a child. It's okay to do that. Now, understand that there's times where we, we say, what are you thinking? You know better than that. You're of the age now. You should understand this process a little bit. But allow them to make mistakes. It's okay. That's part of living in the home. As they have you for mom and dad, they're not out there in the world yet. They're not ready for that. So allow them to be a child. Don't make them grow up too early. So many, so many of you even probably say, I wish I could have been a child. You had to grow up before your time. Number seven, uh, don't discourage your children by overprotecting them. We need to be preparing our children to leave the nest someday. Oh, yes, I said it. I said it. I say, not my little precious. She didn't live in He's going to be with me forever. You, you do that, you smother them like that, they will not be with you forever. And I'm partly joking. But this is to be something that needs to happen, uh, that uh, it does not need to happen prematurely. But we need to be preparing them to be able to fly on their own at some point. If you're purposely making it so your children cannot leave home, then you are actually doing them and yourself a disservice. Withholding them from being able to get their driver's license and things. You might be saying, well, they're just not ready. You know, I didn't get mine until I was 18. There's nothing wrong with making your children wait. Wait. My dad always said, well, you know, you want your license at 16. Well, who's going to pay for the insurance? <laughs> you know, it costs, a, uh, especially a young man, to get insurance at, at uh, 16. I mean, unless you absolutely need to drive. This is not your right. I mean, if you have a job and you make the money to cover the expenses, that's one thing. But most 16-year-olds don't have that kind of income nothing wrong with waiting till your mind develops even a little bit more to be able to handle the pressure and the decision making that's needed for driving on the road that is not getting any friendlier maybe i'm uh, hallucinating or imagining this but it seems to be in my short time of driving that things have gotten worse i was i've been noticing for the last couple years that people Um, are just blowing through yellow lights, basically red lights. And now I've been seeing this spring, since it's been warmer, people going through just red lights. Just going through a red light. And, And I'm not saying that it was a solid red, stale red, but they're going through a red light. I mean, it's been yellow, and then now red for two seconds, and still you're blowing through the intersection. Man, now I have to, it's a stoplight, or it's a stop sign now. Even if it's green, I stop, you know? I'm just coming up, and I'm looking both ways because you never know who's coming through that intersection. And so it's not necessary for your children to, uh, to have to drive at 15 and 16, but at the same time, don't overprotect and smother your children. And then number eight, don't discourage them through favoritism, favoritism. I realize how late it is. I didn't even realize how late it was, I'm sorry. But um, some of you, well, after Thursday, if you were here Thursday, you understand that it's not about the food downstairs. We did discuss that on Thursday night. Amen. And so favoritism, don't compare your children. Uh, Every child is different, every child is unique. Even in your home, they all bear some of your characteristics and traits, but they're all unique. So love them as an individual. Don't say, I wish you were more like your brother. I wish you were more like your sister. So balance biblical correction with encouragement. Not only do we need to not discourage, we need to correct. We need to be worthy of honor by lifting our children. Lift them in prayer, number one. Lift them in prayer. And uh, we need to bring our children before God in prayer. Prayer is acknowledging that we need God's wisdom and help. And uh, don't think that you can do this alone you cannot raise your children for the Lord without the Lord. It's kind of like, what are you doing? Uh, And um, if you're purposely uh, doing this, if you're on purpose going to the Lord and saying, I need your help, God will be merciful to you. You say, I don't know what to do. But there's a calm assurance in knowing the one who does know what to do. Tony Evans says one of the greatest benefits that arises out of a close relationship with our Heavenly Father is His ability to guide, direct, and prepare us for the purpose He has for our lives. And when you truly embrace the principle found in the book of Psalm where it says, Be still and know that I am God, you will experience the abundant joy that Christ has promised you because you will no longer be spending your energy trying to see if this plan will work or if this relationship will work or if this job will work or if this path will work because when you know that God is god and you seek to get close to him he will show you the path your job your mate your relationship your meaning and your purpose so get close to the lord when you're raising your children lift them up to the lord number two lift them in provision and protection you need to provide the basic needs for them spiritually you need to provide for them uh, also emotionally, but also physically. Provide them with enough food and water and clean clothing and safe shelter. Provide the basics. Come on. I mean, the Bible even says that the, the, the unbelievers take care of their children. We need to provide for our children's basic emotionally, emotional needs. You need to love them. Be honest with them. Be a listening ear. Okay? I loved it. I loved it. I'm, I didn't care if my dad was listening to me or not in a sense because I knew he turned down the radio when we were talking in the car. That means that he at least acknowledged that I'm talking to him. That's all I needed. That's all some people need. They don't need your advice. They just want your ear. They don't care what you have to say. They don't care what I have to say. They don't come to me to know what Pastor Hoover thinks. They come to me because, no, Pastor, we want you to hear. We want you to know about what we're going through. Uh, We need to provide for our children's basic spiritual needs a Bible. Every child needs to have a Bible. That's why at the baby dedication, we give them a Bible. That's the least we could do. Number two, your children need a church home. They need a church home. Go to all the services and activities. Again, don't rush the washing machine. Oh, man, I wish they were in the youth group. Well, when they're in youth group, then we'll bring them more faithfully. Oh, I wish they were in Sunday school. When they get get to be Sunday school age, then we'll come to Sunday school class. They're already in. We we already heard this morning, 0 to 5, K5. They have a Sunday school class. Uh, You might be saying, well, you know, they're just not, you know, able to sit in church. Well, that's why you bring them, so they learn how to sit in church. Bring them to everything. Build your life around the the local church. It's what they need. It's what you need. Uh, Provide devotions and spiritual accountability. These are the basics spiritually. Be honest. Be humble with your children. Be transparent. Not only do we need to acknowledge that we need God, we need to come to God in prayer, but we need to be honest and transparent with our children. See, a a lot of relationships would be saved in the parent-child relationship, if we would just be honest and open and say, guess what, I got flaws too. I deal, I struggle too. Because you really don't need to tell them, they know. I'm sorry, but when you get to be seven, eight, nine years of age, ooh, I thought dad was perfect. I thought mom walked on water, but they don't. But they just need you to acknowledge that. They wanna hear it from your lips. They want you to be humble and not, uh, you know, where we, we get so defensive, well, uh, you yeah, know, of course. I've never done anything wrong in my life. Heard about the child that came to his dad. He got a bad report card. This third grade boy, he brings his report card. He has Cs and Ds and Fs and a lot of check minuses, you know, and he brings his report card to his dad in fear and in trepidation. But he had done his homework, not at school, but after he got the report card, he, he did his homework because he went and he searched in some of the files and records in the house, and he found his dad's report card from third grade. He said, Dad, I want to show you my report card, and I also want to show you one of your report cards. <laughs> Levelled the playing field right off the bat. But we need to be honest with our children, be open and be transparent. YOU'VE GOT NOTHING TO LOSE BUT EVERYTHING TO GAIN. SOMETIMES WE'RE SO FULL OF OUR PRIDE. AND um, ALSO, WE NEED TO PROVIDE A SAFE AND SOFT PLACE FOR THEM TO LAND WHEN THEY MESS UP. GOD ALWAYS WELCOMES US BACK. THINK ABOUT THE prodigal SON. Uh, we forgive our children when they mess up and we try to make them, uh, be- help them make better choices in the future. But that's just part of being a child. They're going to make mistakes. So provide a soft place for them to land. That's not to say you enable them in their sin and you cover up their sin. But we're honest with ourselves, but we're honest with them too. And it's a lot easier to be honest and help them to be honest and and to point out their failures when you are willing to point out your failures. And so, the same goes for the church too. I know some of you don't have children. You're saying, how does this apply to me? All of these relationship principles apply pretty much to every relationship. Be honest with each other. Be transparent, be open. We don't come to church. We shouldn't come to church with our our zoot suit, you know, and our our big hats and say, I'm better than everyone else. You know, we we come to church and we say, how great I, and we sing, you know, how great I am, basically. You know, we're, we're so sacrilegious because we don't mean the words that we sing. We put on a show. It's all just... It's just all pomp and circumstances in many churches because the people that are coming on Sunday are living, oh, they, they say, I'm, 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 I'm one of God's children on Sunday, but they live like a child of the devil Monday through Saturday. And so uh, this applies to churches, too, because if you're gonna be open and honest in your, in your um, uh, relationship and your dealings with people, It's going to uh, allow there to be a uh, a more unity and a spirit of revival in that church. You want that in your home, too. You want it in the church. You want it in every relationship. Uh, Lastly, we need to lift our children in praise. Give lots of verbal and physical approval. Depends on the situation, but a child who's getting most of their needs met physically but is not getting any attention... Many times they start acting out to get attention. And that's why you see some kids uh, engaging in undesirable behavior to get their parents' attention. In extreme cases, a lack of attention and in human interaction can cause grievous mental and emotional and physical harm. We see children, you know, they don't obviously publish suicide statistics, which is great because we wouldn't want to know that, and it's not necessary to know all of that. And God forbid it would allow anyone else to do that. But we know that teen suicide is on the rise. We know that suicide overall is on the rise. And I dare say that a lot of this stems from not having a nurturing home, a soft place to land, Words of encouragement. We need to work on words of encouragement and affirmation for our children. We could say things like, remember that I'll be praying for you today. My wife always says when we drop the kids off at school, she says, love God, love people. You say things like, I love spending time with you. It's great to say you love your children, but even to... Become as specific as that, saying, I really want to hear what you have to say. Say, Jesus loves you, so do I. Say, I'm proud of you, and I'm proud of what you're becoming. You can say, "Uh, you are God's workmanship. Our family wouldn't be the same without you. You inspire me in so many ways. You know, words of encouragement and affirmation. Uh, you can say, you're, you're brave, so go ahead and try something new today. Try something new. You can do that. You can ride your bike. Sometimes the things that take the least amount of time are the hardest for us as parents, and sometimes those things include just saying a few words. Saying things like, uh, thank you for making me laugh today. Say, none of us are perfect, and that's okay. We make mistakes, but your mistakes don't define you. They don't, they're not who you have to become. Say, my love for you isn't based on your, be- your performance or your behavior, but I would love you more if you, know. I'm just kidding. I would like you more if you were obe- obedient. But I, I love you. I love you not based on how you're behaving right now, and And not based on any of that but Jesus wants you to obey and it's for your best that you would do that you could tell them things like uh, you can tell me anything anytime really why aren't our children talking to us they're talking to everyone at school their teachers are getting them to talk their teachers are um, it's disgusting what's going on in the schools today but Your children should find the safest place to talk about anything to be at home with their mom and their dad. You could tell them things like, I had a bad day too, but tomorrow will be better. Say things like, I love it when you put others before yourself. Talk to your children. Lift them in prayer. Lift them in provision and protection, but also lift them in praise. It's okay to do that. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I do pray that you help us today. We need stronger homes more than ever. We've allowed the schools, we've allowed church even, we've allowed others. We love Hollywood, we've allowed all these other, uh, maybe even sports. We've allowed pop culture, music, media, magazines to uh, have more influence on our children. And they're getting all of their approval and they're getting all of their encouragement and love from everywhere else except for where they're supposed to be nurtured, and that is at home. Lord, help us to not discourage, but rather help us to encourage, to guide as that shepherd, To guide our children not just come after them when they need disciplining but rather help us to be there every step of the way as much as you can give us grace Lord I know that we have busy lives we are working to put food on the table and to provide a home and do all the basic physical things but Lord on top of that you need us to be there to help meet the emotional and spiritual needs so God give us the grace that we need as a church as parents uh, Lord, help us also as, as Christians in every relationship to realize that there are, uh, uh, we're not just needed here physically at church. We don't just come to get information and to sit here. We don't come here, we shouldn't come here just for the food. But help us, Lord, to realize that there are relationships that you are forging and that we need to be a part of, that we need to be engaged in here even in our church body. We have me- a meaningful family relationship in the church. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us. Lord, I know that we've been uh, uh, talking about so many different things this morning, but wherever it is that you're working, help us to.